What's up, Cougar Nation? Welcome to another edition of VoiceOver with Greg and Shep. I'm Greg Grubel. He's Jason Shepard, joined today by the most successful first-year head coach in BYU basketball history, Mark Pope. Coach Pope, it's been a while. Good to see you. Good to see you guys, man. I missed being with you. We get in this routine where we're seeing each other like daily for months on end, and then it's just done. So the thing is, I can get my fix on Twitter, though. So every time I, every time I get information from you guys, like, that's my guys. Let's go. So it keeps me floating. You know, it, it's funny. It's, it's been long enough. Uh, you, you used the phrase in mourning uh, to describe the loss of an NCAA tournament for your program and, and your team and your players. Uh, for how long were you in mourning? Um, <clears throat> I don't remember, actually. Uh, I, and I think it's probably because, um, like, I think we all have been grieving, right? And I, maybe that sounds like a heavy word, although some of us have real reason to grieve. Um, uh, some of us have friends and family that have, have really suffered from this epidemic in all kinds of different ways. But um, just grieving the loss of our, the normalcy of our lives uh, or the, the plans that we had or... or the events that we were excited about, right? So I think uh, we're all going through this worldwide kind of grieving uh, just about the change in our life right now. And so I don't know, um, <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't, I haven't gone back and tried to clearly identify the five stages of grief uh, that, that me and my staff and our players went through, but I know that um, it hit us really, really, really hard in a really awful way when we first got the news and then uh, we kind of muddled around for a couple weeks just trying to figure out what was happening and where we were and uh, what the next step was and what the rules were going to be and everything else. And then that seems like such a distant past because all of us, uh, the graduating seniors, are fully, fully engaged now. Um, all of them have come to agreements with uh, representation for their professional careers and are in part pursuit of that. And, doing interviews with NBA teams and, and reaching out to teams overseas. And, and, uh, and that's a full-time job. And, and our players uh, that are returning have done an unbelievable job uh, of themselves, um, understanding that we got to get way better, uh, that we have so much growing to do, and we don't get to do it a conventional way. So they're uh, getting together uh, multiple times every week over Zoom to do workouts together, mm -hmm. social distance workouts, and, and we're not allowed to stage those. We can't orchestrate them or give guidance, um, but they're just doing those all on their own. And, and uh, as a coaching staff, we're uh, trying to scheme for next season and we're, we're uh, you know, uh, trying to find new ways to uh, recruit. And, and uh, I think we're all feeling the urgency of the coming season that we have so much to do and not enough time to do it. And, so the, the, the grieving, uh, while I can remember it very well in moments, it seems like it was a long time ago. For the players who are going to be returning from last year, how can they use what they went through last year and everything that was involved in last season, how can they use that as motivation moving forward? Uh, well, I think the motivation part probably comes from how fun it was, right, uh, and, and how rewarding it was, even though it was cut short and we didn't get to finish, just, just the experience they had. Um, I, I think that there's some payoff there in, in recognizing, uh, especially for the guys that have been at this for a little while, just recognizing um, how, how fun it can be and how uh, engaging it can be and how worth it it can be, all the sacrifice can be. 
uh, so that's the motivation side. In terms of the learning side, I hope they take a lot of lessons from the season. Um, I hope that, they, that it's ingrained in my guys forever that a great locker room actually translates to wins and that, that when you give of yourself and you set aside your agenda, you actually get paid back individually uh, multitudinous times over and over again. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that they take with them the fact that all the extra work, the five weeks or two a days, the stuff that nobody else does, that it actually makes a difference. So hopefully the belief quotient uh, that they took from last season is, is high because because the, the challenge we have laying before us is even tougher than last year. And, and, and uh, so we're going to have to be better and stronger and tougher. Marco was a special group, uh, but it was a one-shot deal. Uh, that combination of players was together one time, and that was it. They won't be together again. It's a new group and a new feel and, new, and a new vibe. So how can this next team you're going to have put itself in the best position to, to end up where this last team was going to? Yeah, well, it starts with the, the kind of principles we just talked about, right, is, is actually the belief in those core principles of what hopefully – BYU athletics is, and, and, and certainly what we're going to fight for BYU basketball to be um, a team that's a 24-7 team that pursues growth relentlessly is a really important factor in what we do. This best locker room in America is something that we're going to demand of each other uh, always going forward because we know that it translates into wins. It's really important. Uh, it's something that, that, that is imperative for us. And, and a key component of that and a standalone idea itself is, is this idea of like, if you want to be successful as an individual, you're going to lose yourself in this team. And if you want to struggle as an individual, you're going to try and do it on your own. And that, that is a rare thing in college basketball. We got to watch that live last year uh, as this group fought every day to sacrifice for each other, and they all reap the rewards and benefits of it. So those are core principles that we will take with us forever. Now, what we're missing is we're missing this incredible senior class and that experience. You know, we talked about it from, from the first day we sat together last year, Greg, about how seniors are magic, and I really believe that. And so now these guys are going to have to fight uh, new ways to overcome and manage the pressure and the stress. And, the, and the, um, you know, one of the things that the team did so beautifully last year, these young men did, was they managed distractions, whether they're suspensions or injuries or tough travel or, or uh, disappointing losses. They managed those all so beautifully. And that's what you do as a veteran. We're going to have to find ways for our young guys to do the same thing and even do it better. Um, and so, you know, we're thinking about all those things. Our team is going to be composed way different. Uh, you know, we'll see how recruiting goes, but we have a chance, you know, we, we are, at our core, we're a much bigger team. We're a much more physical team. We're a younger team. Uh, we might not be as, uh, have as much veteran leadership in the backcourt, uh, might not be as, uh, as dangerous or skilled in the backcourt right now or as proven. Um, we should be a team that rebounds the ball way better. We should be able to rim protect way better. Uh, you know, it's a team that I, I expect is going to be uh, significantly deeper in terms of personnel. We're going to be able to play faster, um, which we're really excited about. I think we'll have more bodies to play. Uh, hopefully, if, if, if everyone can stay healthy, um, you know, we're going to have to manage different issues in the locker room. Last year, we didn't really have a lot of guys that weren't getting time because – we had so few guys. And um, so there's a lot of things in front of us that, that we're, we're anticipating and really excited about and, and uh, excited to b begin this new saga of a new season. Well, and you just mentioned the word recruiting. And 
In terms of recruiting, how has the success of last year, how have you seen that translate in terms of recruiting? Well, it's, it's really been fun uh, getting on the phone with guys. There's really no, um, there's really been nobody that, that hasn't been willing to engage in us at least preliminarily in a conversation. Uh, and that, that was a little bit more challenging for us last year. Um, you know, and we get to point to these incredible, uh, you know, the incredible achievements of this team. And, and I think towards the end of the season, I think everybody felt the, I think the country uh, peripheral kind of peripherally felt the, uh, the energy around the program. And I think so everybody that was in basketball kind of was like, oh, this, you know, there's something cooking at BYU and let's pay attention. So that's been really fun. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're just chasing hard and seeing where we go. Coach, besides the, uh, the handful of guys coming back from last year's roster, you've made some big additions to the team, uh, none bigger literally and figuratively than uh, Matt Harms, the, uh, the guy from Purdue 7-3 coming in. I know that was a big get for the program, but also Dallin Hall from Fremont High School and Gideon George, the JC transfer. What can you say about those three guys? Those are going to be big additions for you. Yeah, well, I'll start with um, – I'll kind of do them in order. So this Gideon George is uh, – he's he, – I mean, all three of these guys, all three of these guys are going to be so beloved here at BYU. Like they just fit so beautifully in their own unique way. So, you know, I've been talking about Gideon for a long time. He's from Nigeria. He's been in the States for two years. He's, he's got this beautiful, thick, rich accent. Uh, he's as, he's as kind of human being as you will ever meet in your life. He's incredibly socially conscious about Nigeria and his family and his home community and is working really hard um, to, to, to do some good things for people there, starting with uh, this, this foundation he works with that actually delivers, uh, you know, used uh, shoes, specifically basketball shoes to, to his home country. Uh, he was actually wearing those shoes when he was growing up in Nigeria that were coming in through this foundation. And we're excited about seeing where we can go with that you know, at BYU, I think we can get some exciting things done. Uh, he loves being in the gym. He, he is so hungry to become a good player. And, and on top of all that, he's one of the most gifted, talented athletes you're going to see in college basketball. He's vertically, he's just beyond extraordinary. He's a, he's a extraordinary rebounder for his size. He's an incredible rim protector for his size. Uh, he's shooting the three way better. So, uh, we couldn't be more excited in, in every dimension. And then this Dallin Hall, I joke about him being Hollywood, right? <laughs> I think I talked about Zach Efron and Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise and somewhere he's just got that charisma. He got mad at me apparently. So he was like, I don't know what coach is talking about. I'm not an actor. I'm a baller. I don't know where to start. I'm, I can't, I'm not an actor, but <laughs> so I don't know where that's coming from. I'm just a hooper. Right. So even that part of juicy has got like everything he says is right. And uh, I've, been, I've known him for a long time, been recruiting him for a really, really long time. Uh, he has um, got a college-ready body probably right now. Um, and uh, he's got unbelievable vision. His eyes are so good coming off of actions, kind of seeing the floor, tricking defenses. Um, we cannot wait for him to get on campus. It's going to be really, really special for us. And then, and then this Matt Harms. I mean, come on, man, this is really exciting. Uh, the, the, the only thing that makes me so sad about Matt Harms is that he only is going to be here for nine months. And so I'm just, I, 
I, I am so impressed by this young man um, and all the things he brings to the table, the passion and intensity that he plays with, that every BYU fan is going to fall in love with and every opponent is going to hate. Um, you know, he's, this is a guy that works at the, at the animal shelter like six hours a week, takes half of a day every single week to go work at an animal shelter. It's something near and dear to his heart. And you think about how socially conscious he is and he's excited about the legs that BYU could possibly offer for him there. Uh, he's got huge basketball aspirations. He's been, he's been tried and tested in, in the best league in America. You know, he's a possession away from, from going to a Final Four. Uh, you know, he's 7'3 with unbelievable length and a really, really unique skill set for a player his size. And he's got a maturity about him where he doesn't, uh, he's not, you know, unlike the rest of us, he's really not that interested in how many likes he gets on his social media posts. He's fine if people are angry with him and hate him because he knows exactly who he is and what he's trying to get done. And so if you think about three uh, guys that are going to be wearing uh, you know, BYU blue, uh, that are, that this Cougar nation is going to fall in love with and do special things here. We're blessed to have all three of those guys. How much traction is BYU getting in the transfer portal these days? And, and how much, how involved do you have <laughs> to be in, in that aspect of college hoops these days? Well, I love transfers. I mean, you know that, um, I, I love coaching them. I, I love the ingredients that, that make up a good transfer and, and uh, so we are, uh, we're, you know, we're, that's a 24 seven proposition right now. It's just doing it in a new way, right? So we are, um, we are, uh, we're, we're chasing guys every day. We're deep in uh, recruiting talks with uh, a whole host of, you know, a dozen or so prospects that we think could be game changers here. And, you know, I'm not really allowed to talk about much more than that. I can tell you that the format of recruiting is way different. So we've started these virtual tours of campus. We've been doing it for about two weeks now. We probably run one every day or every other day. And, mm. and uh, I'm actually, I love it because well, I kind of sit in the control room and we're all on a Zoom call just like this. And so I'm allowed to have my three assistants and myself are the only ones allowed on the call. And so, for example, I'll put Coach Burgess in the Marriott Center locker room. And so he'll, he'll be on Zoom and he'll kind of take over the main screen and just talk about that for a minute. Hmm. And then we'll go to Coach Feger in the training room in the annex and he'll be right there. And then Coach Nick Robinson will be in the team room in the annex. And then by the time Cody and Nick are done, Coach Burgess has to have made it all the way down to the SAB. And so as they do this domino progression, they become increasingly out of breath and in a heavier <laughs> sweat. And I'm just sitting in the main deal, just like enjoyed it, watching these guys pant, but they're in unbelievable shape. Our staff, probably that, we, we, if we were in cross country right now, we'd probably beat every staff in America in a cross country <laughs> race because my guys are sprinting all over campus. It's fun. The virtual tour becomes the greatest race. I love it. Uh, yeah. All right, so, so uh, what's a day in the life right now for you? Well, I've spent a lot of time at home. Uh, Zoom has become my new best friend. You know, I, it's funny, you have these, uh, you know, some people in the financial world are just blessed with the golden touch. So I have a good friend who's been incredibly successful um, and is, is, is uh, in building businesses and he's not really a huge investor, but uh, nine or 12 months ago, he kind of 
uh, in casual conversation message, ah, I just put some money into this company called Zoom. And it just is not even fair, right? Like all of us live on this platform now, don't we? It's true. Zoom, so, and, Net Zoom and Netflix are the big winners yeah. of this thing. Yeah. And so we're, uh, you know, we're, fun. we're actually doing staff meetings every morning at 9 a.m. We have the whole staff on, trainer, strength coach, administrative assistant, video coordinator, and we kind of break. That's our, that's our one constant every single day. And we rehash our guys and we, and we um, talk about recruiting and those, those calls can go from an hour to four, right? If I'm really bad. And, um, and then it's just, uh, we spend most of the rest of the day recruiting and, and, and talking to our players and we're not allowed to choreograph anything for our players. We're not allowed to do video work right now. We're not allowed to do, um, you know, uh, you know, design workouts for them. We're not allowed to get feedback from on workouts, but we are allowed to like we, every Friday we do a, a team zoom message of the week, uh, kind of a story time. Uh, I am having some personal time to read. So uh, we, we've been covering some, some great books. Uh, we, just, we just did Jimmy Dyke's new book two weeks ago and uh, Urban Meyer is up next. And we just did uh, a great leader in our community, Mr. Bingham. And, and so, uh, you know, we have a thousand things like that going on. Uh, I'm, 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 my director of operations, Bobby Hordusky has been pushing me for the last like five days. He's like, you have to get an Xbox. So you can start playing with the guys. That's how, that's the best way to bond with the guys right now. I just think, I mean, how many hours is it going to take me to be able to play 2K? Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be training. What am I training four hours a day for the next two months before I can finally compete with the guys. So, well, and good luck. If you, if you get an Xbox, good luck having access to it. Your kids will take it over. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't been a gaming family. I don't know. Maybe we would just shut the whole deal down and we just live in the basement, just gaming. I don't know. But we're searching for every, every way possible that we can to reach our players right now. Well, Coach, because everything is virtual, how much more of an appreciation do you have for the, for the simple things of even just being together to be able to do it? Because right now you can't. Yeah. And, and it's, um, I, you know, it's, it's, I think that's the most worrisome thing. I think uh, you know, right now, every day that goes by where we're not, don't have the ability to be in the gym together is just so concerning because that's, that's what we build our program on. Right. So, um, right now we're doing everything we can to our, encourage our guys to kind of do it on their own, but that's not really how we operate at BYU. We do this together. We do it together every day. We're like the two a day crew. And, and so, you know, we're all affected by the same rules. We got to figure out better ways to do it, but we miss it, man. Um, and we're excited about when we can kind of get back to work. I'm sure you're watching the Chicago Bulls documentary, The Last Dance on ESPN. Uh, beyond the fact that sports fans are starved for interesting new programming, what about this particular documentary do you think is, why do you think it's going to resonate and is resonating so well with people right now? Well, <clears throat> I think it's really honest. Um, and I think it's a look at uh, – people that walked in really rarefied air that did something in athletics that is rarely done. Um, you know, I try and tell our players now about how interesting that Michael Jordan era was because, and I was actually on a great team that was competing against him. Right. And, um, but, but just as you, you just, 
you knew, everybody knew, everybody in the arena, everybody around the country watching on television, everybody knew he was going to win. That at the end of the day, he was going to find a way to win. Always. Like without fail, for a decade, you felt that way, right? And, and, um, and I, you know, I remember the course of, of you know, I was a, such a huge Magic Johnson, Larry Bird fan and how they changed the game. And I just hated Michael Jordan because he came in and he was trying to steal their thunder. And I'm like, this can't happen. And then eventually, like this dude, he just wins you over and you're just like, you've ne never seen a competitor like him. In, in my short history of being a sports fan, in the history of sports, I've never seen a competitor like him ever. Um, and, and so for us to have this really, really unique inside look into that organization, which has been fun to kind of see the ins and outs of the organization and the personalities. And, and you know, I, like, as a coach, uh, the few comments that Phil Jackson has made about um, discord on the team and how he chose to handle it, uh, how he chose not to handle it, uh, you know, who Mike and when he wanted to call guys out uh, for the way they were acting on the team and when he was giving guys space to kind of work on the team, how the ownership dealt with the team. Uh, you know, I thought in the second episode, it was so fun to listen to Magic Johnson and, and, and Larry Bird talk about MJ and be like, I don't know, man, we've never seen a guy like this ever, right? Uh, so just all those insights, I think, just brings back for those of us that are old enough, it's so nostalgic, right? It just brings back so many memories. In fact, the first episode, when they started playing the United Center intro, I don't know how, how many years it's been since I heard it, but, like, it just felt like I was in that gym preparing for a game in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, it's just, just like, for all of us that lived that generation, you know that, like, theme, intro theme song, right? And I think for us, you know, we're watching as a family right now, kind of late at night we've T-voted and, and watched it the last couple of nights. It sure is fantastic. Yeah, so, so you're on a Pacers team playing the Bulls in the Eastern Conference Finals. You got it up close and personal. Can you just speak to the aura, whether it was, whether it was you guys going to their building or, or the Bulls coming to your building, when Mike and the Bulls are in the gym, what did that do to people? Well, it was just a frenzy, right? Um, so, you know, one of the greatest moments in that series was game three. We had lost the first two games in Chicago. And so it's do or die going home, you know, and, and the veterans are looking at it like, hey, they just held serve. We'll come back and, and hold serve. But uh, the, like the you know, I'm a rookie. I don't know anything about basketball. I have no business being on that team. I'm just like, man, if we don't win game three, it's over. Right. We're down 0-2. And uh, the game ends in such extraordinary, spectacular fashion uh, with the clip that's been played a million times about Reggie coming off that pin down and shoving Michael Jordan all the way to half court. And catching a three, uh, catching a ball inbounds on the run and banging that three. Um, and in that moment, and Reggie starts jumping up and down and he's doing a 360 every time he jumps in the air, he's doing a 360. I don't know how he didn't fall over dizzy, right? Um, and and I, I don't think I've ever been in a gym that was louder than that in that moment, ever. Uh, it was like your, the sound was going right through your head and right through your body. It's, you know, the fans and Marcus Curry just lost their minds. You think of all the drama, right? It's this, it's this Pacers team and Larry Bird in his first year coaching and it's Reggie Miller and Chris Mullen and Mark Jackson, all these Hall of Famers that are, are trying to finally get to the finals for the first time. And 
it ends in such epic fashion. And then I've actually done this in talks a lot. So hopefully, if you go online, you can you can look this up. Okay. So Reggie hits that shot, and there was a camera actually on Coach Bird's face. It was focused, trained just on Coach Bird. And so you see in the background when that shot goes in, like the whole arena explodes. I'm talking about, you know, kissing babies, ripping off your clothes, like pulling your hair out, just frenzy. Okay. It is just the most, it was one of the most extraordinary moments I've ever been a part of in sports. And you see coach bird stone faced, no reaction. So you see behind him, this frenzy mayhem. And he's just sitting there kind of biting his lip, doesn't even move. And, and, you know, what happened in the game is there's still 0.6 seconds left. And that, and that Michael Jordan is over on the other side of the floor and it's their ball now, right? And so Coach Bird had immediately flipped to that spot. And I mean, you just think about all these moments that were just so epic in that. And it's pretty fun. Greg asked you a couple of minutes ago about what a day in the life is like for you right now. And you mentioned that you've been able to read some books. Are you binge watching anything? We can't binge watch The Last Dance because they're not releasing it all at once. But I mean, do you, do you allow yourself to sit down and watch eight or nine hours in a row? Are you binge watching like Tiger King or something right now? No, I haven't. I haven't. I don't really have anything I'm watching. You know, we're, uh, I think, you know, like, I feel so, I mean, just honestly, like, I feel so anxious right now because we're not getting to work the way we're used to working, that um, we're trying to find different, just different new ways to do it. So the days are really, really full. Um, so I, I'm not, I'm not watching a ton. We have, like I said, the last two nights we sat in our family, it's been really fun late at night when everyone's kind of together uh, to, to watch those two, two hour shows. But uh, there's not a lot of that going on right now. I am, uh, I have two selfish things. One, I actually, for the first time since I took the head job at Utah Valley, I'm starting to sneak out on the bike really early in the morning. Uh, so I'm, I'm riding up the, the canyon and that's been so beautifully therapeutic for me. And the second thing, this the best thing for me about this deal is, um, like, I feel like I'm dating my wife again. Like we're in college. It's It's been Leanne, you know, I mean, you guys know her. She just, and because of the, the, the career we've chosen and the things we do, we're always racing around. And right now, like, you know, on a Sunday afternoon, we'll actually go out on the, on the patio and lay on the couch and read a book together. Like, it's crazy the things that we get to do right now. So spending time with her has been, has been the, probably the best part of this whole thing for me, for sure. We were, uh, we were wrapping up your, your season of coaches shows, and on one of those weeks, it was kind of like a farewell week for Ella because she was yeah. heading off to the MTC. And maybe you could, as we kind of say goodbye to you today, maybe you could kind of update us on, on Ella, your missionary, and, and what's happened with her since all this began going down and what her status is. Well, I'm going to tell you from my perspective, not hers or, or like any gospel perspective. I'm just going to tell you from my perspective. So she, she went to the MTC. Uh, she, she went to Ecuador. She was there for three days working full-time uh, serving. And then she was in quarantine for two and a half weeks. And then they tried for three straight days to get the missionaries out, but they kept going to the airport and they shut down the airport, went back the next day, shut it down, and finally came home. And she's been home now for several weeks 
And it's been like the greatest thing ever. I mean, I'm talking about, it's just like a gift from heaven. Now that's from my perspective. <laughs> Ella's super twisted up about it. She, uh, you know, she's so excited about her mission and she's so excited and, and she just got to barely taste it. And she's just dying to go back. Hopefully if she gets the opportunity and, and, um, and so, but, but man, it's been spectacular having the whole family here at the house. If, if, if it wasn't quarantine, I'd have you guys come over, man. That's the worst part. It's like, it feels like we have this time. We should all get together for dinner. Well, we'll make it happen once this is all uh, over and done with, uh, for sure. Coach, it's been, uh, it's been fun chatting with you today. You guys are awesome. Appreciate y'all. You can find every episode of VoiceOver with Greg and Shep on the BYU TV Sports YouTube page. Plus, you can listen to the audio version by subscribing to Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel, where you get your podcasts, or by going to the show page on BYURadio.org. Also, don't forget, for even more Cougar Sports content live or on demand, make sure to download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Our thanks once again to head coach Mark Pope. We'll talk to you next time. Go Cougs.